Welcome to another episode of Progressive Millennials. I am your host, Bianca Davis Lovelace. And I'm also your host, Melvin Lovelace. And on today's episode, we want to address something that is um, very near and dear to my heart, simply because I am a black woman. But there has been a uh, a rash of recent attacks on black women. And we really, really want to... Uh, take this episode to not only highlight those attacks, but also encourage our listeners to stand up for black women. Exactly. So the first story that we really want to highlight is something that I found extremely repulsive, this entire story. So there was a young woman, a freshman at Hartford University, um, and her name is Chanel Jazzy Rowe. So she goes by Jazzy Rowe. Um, through social media, I believe. But she experienced the ultimate, uh, how can you say it? What just, that was. <laughs> it's I, speechless it, what she went through. Yeah, you can't just say it's pranks because that's way beyond pranks. And you can't say it's hazing because hazing is a part of an initiation to something. So that, that's a crime. It's criminal what she did. So I don't so, really know what to call that. So to give you a little backstory, and this this story comes from Heavy.com. Her roommate, she shared a room at Hartford University with a young woman named Brianna Brochu. And um, so Brianna Brochu, of course, is no longer a student at Hartford. Um, and this is because Brochu uh, said on social media, she literally was dumb enough to admit to her crimes. She said that she successfully driven away her Jamaican Barbie roommate. Jazzy mm-hmm. Rowe, the roommate that she shared a room with at, at Hartford. And Jazzy on Monday said, My new building, when I'm approached by my old neighbor and two RAs, my old neighbor tells me, Oh, Chanel, I sent you something on the phone. You need to look at it. It's super important. Me not knowing what's going on, my hands full, I couldn't look at my phone. So she shows me on her phone herself. Apparently, this girl posted on her Instagram that something like, I wasn't friends with her on Instagram. So other people on campus are seeing all this stuff that she's publicly posting, okay? So she posted what she's been doing ever since I moved in. And now I'm going to read you exactly, like, here's the paragraph. I have only, the only stuff I have is what was sent to me. I don't have everything she's been posting or, you know, all the videos that she posted to me because she would, she would post videos of me eating saying, oh, if only she knew what she's, what, where her utensils been or where the case may be. But I'm going to read you what I was sent, what she posted five minutes before I left my room when I told her I was moving out. So here's a screenshot. It's a paragraph, and I'm going to read it to you. 
finally did it. Your girl got rid of her roommate. After one and a half months, after one and a half months of spitting in her coconut oil, putting moldy clan dip in her lotions, rubbing used tampons on her backpack, putting her brush, putting her toothbrush places where the sun doesn't shine, and so much more, I can finally say goodbye to Jamaican Barbie. So this is the paragraph, right? She posts that on her Instagram. Then she starts posting pictures of what she's been doing to me, right? So she posts pictures of my Steve Madden backpack. I don't know if you can see the the little spots, but it's tampon bloodstains, right? Tampon bloodstains, okay? So she has her period bloodstains on my bag. I don't have the bag on me because public safety removed it because they said it was a health hazard. Let me let me give you a little bit of, uh, of course, uh, as, as you just heard the clip, a little backstory period um, with this. She highlighted in the clip the fact that the university wanted her initially to be quiet. Mm-hmm. To not say anything. Exactly. She she was in she it wasn't until she decided to speak out of what exactly this <laughs> I, I I'm trying my best not to not not to go there, but because uh, this this person is less than human to me. What mm-hmm. this disgusting pig, and I'm gonna call her what she is, a disgusting pig, did to this young young woman. Um the, the university, I think they the university made her basically wanted her not to say anything because they didn't want to hurt their reputation. That reputation is, you know, adds up to money, which is terrible. I hate the fact that our education system, especially the higher ed is so tied to money that these people will put their, the money, making money over the lives of their students, which is paying you. Is that- and not just that case, but many other cases, rape cases, yes, all types of cases exactly. that go on on campuses that these administrators don't say nothing about it. Mm-hmm. They sweep it under the rug. Exactly. And, and, and just want the kids just to get over it. Exactly. Like, what, what kind of stuff is that? This young woman was literally poisoned. Yes. I mean, you know. She was poisoned. She was poisoned. She had bacteria in her throat because of this nasty, repulsive pig. <laughs> that did these 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 you know heinous acts. You, you knew know? she she knew she was gonna get sick. Anyone exactly. that do these foul things, exactly. She, so she put a um, moldy uh, clam dip, clam in dip in her um, lotion, co- coconut oil, and yeah. her coconut oil, which is expensive, like she was saying. Yeah, and then she's putting that on her face. Yeah, and then. Getting her toothbrush and putting it where the where sun, sun don't shine. shine. Exactly. Like, if you think someone's not going to get sick by that, yes, you need to go back to like kindergarten. That's feces. That's feces. That's gross. That's- you know, and it's, and and then on top of that, this young lady was also she she rubbed her bloody tampon on the pa- on the back of her purse. Who does, Who that? does that? That's someone that's extremely jealous. Extremely extre- jealous. Extremely jealous of black women. <laughs> Yeah, Let's exactly. call it what it is. Because she called her Jamaican Barbie. Yeah. So, so she's playing off the race by calling her Jamaican. Mm-hmm. And because she probably don't even know if she's Jamaican or not. Right. 
And she's calling her Barbie because she's acknowledging that the girl's pretty. Yes. So exactly. That's that. There's so much jealousy and hatred. Yes. And that's why it's her hate crime. And, and then not and not only that, she what Jazzy said was that the she knew that her roommate was cold and cruel. Cold and rude, rather. Not cold and cruel, but cold and rude. So I guess the, the, it must have been an exchange throughout her time there for that month and a half where the girl was probably barely speaking to her, um, really was extremely distant. So it wasn't a situation where they were getting into it, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it was, a, it was, a, it was a situation where, it, you know, you literally hate someone because of, because of the color of their skin. She just probably doesn't want a black roommate. Was didn't want do, a black roommate. And was going to do whatever, whatever she it had, had to do. take. And th- this is another thing, just from my perspective. So I'm a Marine Corps vet, and we room with all types of people. There's all types of people in the Marine Corps. You got some of the people. You got everyday middle class people mm-hmm. in the Marine Corps from all races. Mm-hmm. You got your skinheads. In the Marine Corps from all races. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting somewhere with this. Mm-hmm. You got all people that's affiliated with all types of gangs in the Marine Corps. And not just the Marine Corps, but all the branches of the U.S. military. So, I myself roomed with someone that was on the skinhead side of things. Mm-hmm. We He did not like me just simply by the color of my skin. I was one of the few black people we ever actually met. And I had to room with this guy and everything. He had real hate. For people that looks like me, but he's never done anything like that. To yeah, me. this is why. So I, that's yes. why this is just on some a whole nother level of hate, of hate and disrespect, and and and, and this is on a whole another le- level of cowardice. Period. So this young lady, for one, was literally poisoning this young woman every day. She would eat her. She's using her eating utensils. And the girl is like videotaping her and saying only if she knew where these uh, eating utensils have been. That is just the the ultimate disrespect for a life for a human being. It's the ultimate disrespect for a woman of color. This this to me is 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 on a on a level of attempted murder. That is on a level of attempted murder because any if everybody knows who if you get bacteria in your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. That can be deadly. That exactly. can be deadly. So for this woman, I think. And just to add one thing, real quick, just mm-hmm. to interject, she didn't go to the doctor right away. Mm-hmm. She she waited a long time before she saw a doctor. Her throat was getting sore, mm-hmm. and she waited. Wonder if like she would have waited, and that infection would have turned. I don't know, like into something extremely serious. People right. die from infections all the time. Exactly. So, oh god, just just so for Ooh. someone to do that, that, like you said, it is attempted murder. Mm-hmm. That's why they have it as a hate crime. Yeah, and because at first they they had it just as two misdemeanors, and I'm just like two misdemeanors. That's that's attempted murder. So 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 they eventually upgraded the charge. I think a few days ago, Sean mm-hmm. King. Announced it on his Instagram that they a couple of days ago that they upgraded the charge from uh, from two misdemeanors to a hate crime. But the thing is, is that now people are petitioning for the for the, for it to also be upgraded to attempted murder. So so I you know I I totally agree with 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 the stance of those who are uh, are signing the petitions, and I stand. Stand with you all with with the sign of the petition because I do believe that 
she, you know, she meant to seriously hurt this girl. Yes. And I definitely agree. My only uh, thing I will say to kind of go back against that is just how I could, I think of these, when you're adding charges on to some of these cases, I hate when overcharging, when overcharging, yeah. like when people, mm-hmm. like when, um, non-armed, um, you know, people of color get shot, mm-hmm. they add on all these extra charges and the jury can never like find that person guilty without a burden of proof. Mm-hmm. That's my only step back. Like if you find attempted murder, is she going to have, or is the prosecutor going to be good enough mm-hmm. to prove that she meant to kill her? Mm-hmm. Because if she didn't have the intent to kill her necessarily and she didn't wasn't near dying, it's going to be hard to prove attempted murder. But I think hate crime you could prove. Mm-hmm. You could prove hate crime. I just would, and but I agree, it is attempted murder. I just, it's just the overcharging. I, I get afraid because then yeah, she might I'm get stopped free. Yeah, it, exactly. it, that would be even worse. I well, rather, well, well, karma's a you know what because uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, I believe that she has now a, a black female judge. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that judge. Oh, she's gonna get some. She's gonna get something she, as long as the jury does their job. Yeah, and the prosecutor does their job. She gonna. I, she she needs at least two years. And the, and my thing is this: it's it's cut and dry. She admits she was stupid enough to On admit her Instagram. it. On her social media page, on her Instagram. And then this is this is another thing that irritates me. People are if you've seen these videos have been out for a while. Exactly. These mm. videos have been out for a while. You've seen her saying only if she knew where her eating she's videotaping uh 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 Jazzy while she's eating with her eating utensils. And then you say you know, basically this woman says, you know, only if she knew where these eating utensils have been, you know. Mm-hmm. So you see this series of these videos that have been going out before she even moved out of the place. You say nothing until the last minute. No one cares. See, we live in a society. Nobody cares about black life, black life. Black, especially black women. Especially, but yeah, there's there's a tolling mm-hmm. pole, mm-hmm. and black women is on the bottom of it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that and that's was it's so messed up that our society. Like, how are you? To me, they're just as guilty. Yes, all they her, are. All her little Instagram followers that like this stuff, or however, I'm sure people commented, and I'm sure people liked it because mm-hmm. that's just. How America is, mm-hmm. and and they're just as guilty. Yes, they're just- and the, uh, and specifically the people who know that this stuff has been going on, and maybe they didn't like it or they didn't comment on it, but they told her as soon as she start, as soon as she moves out of the the room, you know, you allowed this woman to be poisoned. Literally, mm-hmm. you're you're complicit. This goes back to again white silence. This is like so. This this whole situation is deeper. This is like white silence. You're complicit. You see some action not uh, taking place, and you don't even say anything until the last minute. Why? Because you're scared of oh how the how would the black woman react while she's in the room with the white girl? You know things of that nature. I, I already yeah. know what that's about. Yeah, that's, that's about American. That's, that's American the, story throughout American history has been. A rash of white silence when it comes to mm-hmm. the genocide of Native Americans, mm-hmm. the slavery of African Americans, mm-hmm. 
making um, Asian people uh, build the train, the railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. I could go on and on. There has been so many. They're complicit. Uh, comp- so many evil things that happen to just people in this country in general. And there's and people just don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. They think that if it doesn't happen to them, I, I should just mind my own business. And then and then I will even push back even a little, a little deeper and a little further. Because when it comes to black women specifically... There are people who are silent and I'm not just talking about white folks and I'm not, and and I will also call out the white so-called feminists because when you only care about feminism and speaking up and speaking out when it affects you. But when it comes to black women and when it comes to the, the, the intersectionality of, of racism and sexism, you're silent. And so my thing is this, is that it's not just white women that's complicit is sometimes i gotta call out my black men black men black men are are very complicit when it comes to the the things that happen to black women so at the end of the day we need to learn how to stand up and fight and, and 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 hold one another accountable not only hold one another accountable but also stand up for each other when when things that uh, of this nature happens, where you see the gross disrespect, where you see the the, the discrimination, where you and don't and don't participate in it. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was extremely irritated by the Cam Newton situation, but that's another podcast for another day. And to see the black men on there who was complicit, even with even though I know the dynamics was a white woman, blah 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 this, it was still sexism. So don't think for a second that sexism, even if the, even though the, in that situation it was it, it involved a white woman, don't think that it doesn't creep on into our community as well. Because of course, sexism is huge, you know, in our in, in our well, community. Well, you shouldn't just disrespect a woman, period, regardless of you know anything about them, um, regardless of their race. Just any woman, you shouldn't just disrespect, especially like black women. Exactly. So it's just one of those things that, I mean, I'm not going to get too much into the Cam Noon thing because I don't... A, that's a podcast for a yeah, whole other day. That's a, I want to do something all about the sports things that's been happening later on. Late, that's, that's, a different, a, that's a different episode. Exactly. So we're going to reel it back in. But, but, at the, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but, but it all stems yeah. from sexism. Exactly. Let's call it, let's call yeah. It Let's call a call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to how you know, because black men can just say that oh, white people are complicit when they white silence. They can't. They are not the only people who need to be challenged. White folks are not the only people that need to be challenged. Black men need to be challenged on the way they have been complicit as well of the on on not calling out the disrespect of black women. So. Um, my thing is this, when it comes, when it come, all comes down to it, this here and this whole situation with this, this, the university encouraging her not to say anything. It, you are more concerned with your reputation, which I'm not shocked. It's a business at the end of the day, but you're, you're more concerned about, about preserving your reputation and sweeping this under the table. With but 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 you know, but this girl is literally being humiliated. She is literally being poisoned. You 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 don't you just scared that she's gonna sue. That let's just call it what it is. And she has every right to sue. I hope she sue that family. I hope she sue that university. And I I, it, I hope she sue that girl's future kids. <laughs> you know, just 
<laughs> just, I don't care if she's still the mama, the daddy, the kids, or the, you know, that she may have mm-hmm. in the future. I don't care. I, I hope she sue them for, for everything they have. Because this is the most disgusting, despicable, reprehensible thing that has ever, that I have ever read as far as with, um, on, on, you know, on a, between, I guess you could say, black and white relations on on a on a university campus even though i've i've heard some some pretty yeah, egregious- i would say it's up there yeah i would, I would say it's up there it's i've gross. Not heard some pretty bad what what well, you can't think about the violence of course but i'm talking about outside of the the, the traditional uh overt hate with the when it comes to the only um, reason why i said that when looking for clips Mm-hmm. You know, of the play that I just came across a lot of stuff. That's what of, I'm course, just, of course, of course. I just but I'm talking no about. I'm, I'm not talking about on a violent level. I'm, oh, talking, I'm not talking about, about yeah. on a violent level either. The, the stuff that has happened for me for this to happen, or for one, this is 2017. You know, mm-hmm. but for this to happen, in, for one, 2017, you cannot sit here and say that millennials are less racist. I'm sorry, you. They Jim Crow had had babies, they had children, and they had grandchildren, they had great great grandchildren. So you know, it's 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 you know, Actually, they didn't have great great grandchildren. They, they ain't had that great, far. They ain't that great far. It ain't that long ago. Yeah, and they might not have had great grand because this was really soon. Like people forget Jim Crow. That's sixty. My mama was a little girl. Yeah, I understand that. But at the end of the day, you know, this is generational. So mm-hmm. it, it don't. We don't got to get in semantics when it comes to it. Yeah. it at the end of the day, is what I'm saying is it's it's generational. Yeah, they pass down those. They pass down to uh, it. You know. Yeah, so at the end of the day, it's. For for me, it's it's more of a situation where we have to begin, um, really, really calling out this mess that is happening with black women. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot sit here and be complicit. We cannot be silent. We need to stop encouraging black people to be silent when we are done wrong. That's mm-hmm. what I think. I think out of all of this that we're going to probably talk about today, I think my biggest issue is I am tired. As a black woman, having to be quiet and having to be silent because people are scared of my rage. When I have every uh, every right to be angry. I have every right when I am being disrespected. When I am being treated less than human. When I am being treated as if, uh, uh, um, you know, I'm not a child of God, you know. Mm-hmm. You want me to just be like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to scare the white folks. No, honey, you gonna get my anger. You're gonna get, you gonna get this rage today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 whatever form that it comes in. My thing is, the oppressor cannot tell the oppressed how they should express their anger. Yeah, I totally agree. They should not. And so, and so my thing is, stop telling black people to be silent. Stop telling, especially black women, stop telling black women how we should act, how we should dress, how we should move and move throughout this life, you know, mm-hmm. how we should exist. We, people have been telling us as black people how we should act since we came on the shores of this messed up, jacked up country. So I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just at this point tired of being silent and tired of people telling us that we need to be quiet and not to express our anger. 
And this is a perfect segue into our next story. Another woman that was basically told to shut up. So I'm going to start the story from the beginning. And we're going to, I'm going to explain as much as I can um, for you to get the whole grasp of the story. So October 4th, four Green Beret um, soldiers were killed in Niger. Uh, Staff Sergeant Brian Black, Staff Sergeant Jeremiah Johnson, Staff Sergeant Dustin Wright, and Sergeant LeDavid Johnson. They were ambushed on a patrol in Niger. Um, the weird thing about it, we don't really know too much information about it. Mm-hmm. And the president took like two weeks to talk about yeah. it before we known about these soldiers mm-hmm. death. It was only four of them. Mm-hmm. Not saying only like that, like that, but when I mean by only, I was like, you can't speak about four soldiers that died. Mm-hmm. Like, like you can't say their names for two weeks. That's why I think something fishy is going on here. And not only that, the fact that they were uh, ambushed and then... Sergeant LeDavid Johnson was left and they didn't even find his body for, for 48 hours, you know, for two days, literally. So from what the from some of the research I found, uh, it sounds like Sergeant LeDavid Johnson was a hero that day. Mm. He the reason why he was away from the others is he when they got ambushed, they were away from their vehicles. Mm. So he ran back to the vehicle, grabbed a sniper rifle was trying to pick off the terrorists that ambushed them. Mm. And then after he ran out of ammo on the sniper rifle, he got on the 50 cal, which is a big gun for y'all don't know what the 50 cal is. The big gun that's a automatic weapon that the bullets are humongous. And he got on that until they ran out. And this was coming from someone, a survivor of this ambush. Mm. So it, it was four people that died, but there were survivors. The majority of their squad survived. No. Oh. Um, and the reason why this is connected to, um, black, silencing black women is Congresswoman Frederica Wilson, um, of the Miami, of uh, one of the Miami districts in Florida. I think it's, she's the 24th, uh, district. Yeah. 24th district of the, Florida. Yeah. The 24th districts of Florida. She, um, she was the principal of the David Johnson's. Um, uncle, uncle. Mm-hmm. and he was also in one of her um boys mentoring program mm-hmm. so she has a very g- great connection with that family yep. they're close yes so, and, and literally from generations from, yes yeah. generations mm-hmm. so close mm-hmm. um so following um when maisha johnson la david johnson um wife pregnant wife pregnant Third pregnant, child, third pregnant. child, pregnant mm-hmm. wife. Um, when she went to go get um Ladeva's body back from the army, here's another fishy thing. They wouldn't let her see his body. Mm-hmm. Now, for someone that's been in the military, for someone that's been in a war, I've heard of closed caskets. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard um closed caskets. I have friends that died in this war, mm-hmm. so I mean, and one of their caskets were closed. Mm-hmm. However, I never heard of it as such that they won't even let the family member identify anything mm-hmm. about the body. Right. So uh, that that's something like Maisha Johnson, she was on Good Morning America mm-hmm. and she was saying the worst part about this whole ordeal mm-hmm. is that 
they would not let her see her husband's body. Mm-hmm. That it was he was in the casket, and she she doesn't even know if it's him or not. Yeah, she, that's what's, that's what's and, so crazy. And, and they and they won't let her have that you know be that closure that closure mm-hmm. even if you just let him see a hand she said that she could she knows every inch of his body mm-hmm. and she known him since they were six years old which is wow that and that wow. is crazy that's love that is that's real love. love yes so i imagine she probably know every inch of this man's body mm-hmm. they can't let her show she was like she just like show me a hand and, and my thing is this because it, it, it sounds so fishy to the point the first thing i thought was did they even really find him Exactly. Is he still out there? Is Was he, he captured? captured? Exactly. Is, so are you just because you can't trust anything that comes out of Trump's mouth? Uh, you know, you can't trust anything, literally. So it's all I the first thing I thought to myself was like, is he just sweeping this under the rug? One everybody knows that Trump don't give two craps about people of color, especially black and Hispanic people. Mm-hmm. So did he just sweep it under the rugs to, to, you know, to cover his own butt, you know, cause they shouldn't even, from what I hear, they shouldn't have been over there anyway, you know? So, yeah, I mean, we're, we've been in Africa. I've deployed to Africa. I've deployed to Djibouti. We've been, it's been just, Americans just don't know about all the places that we occupy mm-hmm. around the world. America, we truly have an empire. Mm-hmm. We just don't call it that. We mm-hmm. we had the nice empire. <laughs> we, all we did was barely. Take, all we all we did was take over what Britain was doing. Right, um, exactly. Prior to World War um, One and Two. Mm-hmm. So back to the story. Um, how Frederica Wilson fits into this. So the day of the funeral. Uh, Frederica Wilson was in the vehicle, uh, in a limo with, uh, Maisha Johnson and some family members and the driver. Mm-hmm. President Trump calls, um, so Maisha Johnson, she just automatically puts it on speakerphone, you know, because that's an honor. Uh, the president's calling you. Um, so, you know, regardless of who the president is, the president's calling you to give the condolence, mm-hmm. you know, so you put that on speakerphone. I, and, you know, I would have done the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. president's calling. I got my family in here. I'm putting it on speakerphone. Right. You know, for everyone to hear the condolences. Mm-hmm. However, what Trump said, I don't know the exact words to the full extent he says, but one of the things that he said to this uh, mourning young pregnant widow mm-hmm. is that basically um, he knew what he signed up for. You wow. Know? Wow. And then what makes it so, he told her, like, I I know it hurts, but he knew what he signed up for. So you don't say that to a, a mourning pregnant widow mm-hmm. that's young at that. Right. Or really, you shouldn't say that to really anybody, because mm-hmm. that's the last thing they want to hear. They knew, she knows that's what he signed up for. She don't need, she don't need Trump to tell her that. Exactly. Because what people always forget, what these militaries forget, is that the women, they're, these, I'm not going to say women, the spouses mm-hmm. of these military service members mm-hmm. sacrifice just as much right. as the service member, exactly. if not more sometimes. Exactly. So. Because she was literally raising two children, probably, you know, basically by herself. Yeah, he was a Niger. He was, yeah, he was a soldier. So when he, you know, he's deployed. So she's raising two children by herself and then she's pregnant at the same time. That's a huge sacrifice. That's a huge toll on a woman's body. Exactly. You know, on her mind, soul, and spirit. So she's, 
she's deployed right with them, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Basically. Exactly. You know? So it, it, it's, you know. And then um, going on with the story, Frederica Wilson, she basically told the public what President Trump said mm-hmm. because she thought it was appalling, which she had every credit to. Uh, you know, it was appalling. Right. You don't say stuff like that. But don't, also, don't forget the the other detail that Maisha said. The fact of that president, uh, that for you know, I'll call him President Trump, bombing chief, <laughs> bombing chief. Uh, for, that uh, forty five um, said he he basically didn't even know her husband's name. Yes, she she said that he kept calling her, calling her husband her guy. Your guy, your guy, and she's and didn't know it, and said he she that he had to he had to literally have a file in front of him, the file in front of him, and 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 let her know that she he had her husband's file. Just that president, my president, Barack Obama, because he, he will always forever be my president. Do you can you imagine Barack Obama would never do anything like that? I bet you Barack Obama would whoever he's called before in the, in, in, in the past, I'm sure he knew their names. He didn't need a file in front of him to remember the names because he just has compassion. This man lacks compassion. He does not care about anybody. And it even, even though I think a lot of it has race does have to do with it. Cause I, I just be honest, he doesn't like black and brown people, but I also believe he just lacks empathy. He lacks compassion for anybody he, this unless it's about him and his money he don't care i i, I wonder how what it's like to even be in a household with this guy you know I growing mean, up what do you this expect crazy what do you expect from a guy that you know ran three, away from what? the draft <laughs> during vietnam six times right exactly like, i mean i i don't expect any all i do is expect cowardice from him yeah that's some coward stuff yes. you, at least if you're going to i'm not saying that you're coward from running away from the draft i'm not that's not why i think he's a coward he, he used his wealth to do it right. muhammad ali didn't want to go to the draft but what did he do mm-hmm. he stood up Mm-hmm. And he just faced the he just faced the consequences, right? And that was his true beliefs. He didn't mm-hmm. want to go over there, and he didn't. Right? And he just suffered the consequences, mm-hmm. and and that would make coward, uh, Muhammad Ali not a coward. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, going back to the story, though, um, so Trump got Robert Kelly, which is his chief chief of staff. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a Marine Corps general and yeah. also a Gold Star's parent. So that's why I gave him a little slap. Uh, that's because his he, nice. why he because he was a gen- <laughs> because he was a general and he allowed his son go to war and his son died in war. So he okay. So he has a little expertise <laughs> on the subject. Yeah. However, 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 mm-hmm. the way he attacked Frederica Wilson mm-hmm. and. In the way he he defended Trump, in a way that he should know that a president should not tell a mourning woman, right, a mourning pregnant widow, that her husband knew what he signed up for. Yeah, and then, on then top- he, he tried to call Frederica Wilson a liar. Uh, yeah, call her a liar. Call her a liar. It took the it took the widow of of uh, Sergeant David Johnson, Maisha Johnson. To, to go on was the Good Morning, Morning America, America and say everything that uh, uh, Congresswoman Frederica Wilson said is true. Then of course, so now you now you can't say sit here and say that 
oh congresswoman was lying what do you call her smoking uh barrel he called her something i can't remember oh it's smoking uh she's full of smoking uh, barrels whatever Whatever the heck he said exactly and so you sit up here calling this black woman a a liar of course uh you know believing somebody who trying to believe trump who somebody who has a history of lying who could who continues to to say you know egregious things and and then lie and said that he didn't say it or or didn't do it you know so again not believing black women when black women saying this is happening this is what's going on with me you know exactly uh, and then to move even further along in this story donald or whatever 45 he um responds to myisha johnson uh, interview on Good Morning America, mm-hmm. basically saying he didn't straight up call her a liar, but, but basically called call her, her a liar. liar. He said no. He said he he said that he had a very distro, uh, a very respectful conversation with Myisha Johnson throughout their phone call. Even though Myisha Johnson said that his phone call made her feel worse. Yes. So as of a commander in chief. Not president, but the commander in chief, mm-hmm. Less, the military component, mm-hmm. because you know that's a little bit of my realm. The military component is this: when you have a grieving widow, there's he should understand there's little you could say mm-hmm. to make her feel better, mm-hmm. and if you make her feel worse, acknowledge that. Yes. Don't just go and and say, "Oh, you shouldn't feel that way." Mm-hmm. Don't tell her how she should feel. Mm-hmm. Don't and, tr- and don't try to. Make it seem like what she's saying is lying. Mm-hmm. So for her, for him to do that to Myisha Johnson is appalling. Is it? And it go again a deeper situation. It's a it's a lack of empathy. Yes. for black life. Yes. It's a lack of empathy for black people. It's a lack of empathy for black women because we if you you have to dehumanize somebody. First, in order to to treat them, you know, in in a less than human yes. uh, manner, and mm-hmm. so he does not see us as human. He does not see us as worthy of empathy and sympathy and compassion. He does not see us as people who are um, are, are worthy of of some kind of uh, of respect and mm-hmm. honor. So. You know, it, it, that's all it boils down to is is that we we can just take any amount of pain. You know, mm-hmm. this has been since you know for centuries. We can take all the pain in the world. We can take all the abuse in the world, and and oh, but don't hold us accountable for for the ways in which we have attributed to the abuse. You know, exactly. don't 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 you dare hold us accountable, even though this is centuries upon centuries of abuse in this country. You know, so all of this is like basically. A, a, a ongoing cycle you know he's just perpetuating white mm-hmm. male uh white straight male at that um privilege at the end of the day he's privilege is people I, I, I would rather people believe me the white straight man than to believe that these two black women who are saying this is happening to me you know mm-hmm. because there are, of course there are going to be people like what uh like the um uh the chief of staff kelly mm-hmm. um who of course believed the white straight male before he believed the two black women that said that that has happened. Then when he finds out that this has happened, and Maisha Johnson says, "Look, everything that Fred, uh, Congresswoman Frederica Wilson said was correct. 
uh, the chief chief of, of, of staff Kelly still said he would not apologize. Yeah. Interesting. Look who Interesting. he works for. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Look who he works for. Exactly. And I bet you, if it was up to <sighs> um, <sighs> Chief of Staff Robert <sighs> Kelly, he probably wouldn't ever went after Frederick Wilson. Not at all. Trump made him. Right. And that, but I'm not gonna. That doesn't exonerate Robert. Yeah, because uh, he's just as guilty. Yeah, he just he's as guilty just as guilty because you could quit. <laughs> There's a lot of things you could do. Again, white <laughs> folks being complicit when racist, sexist. Uh, homophobic, every isms that you can possibly think of that not only affects you know uh, people of color as a whole, but specifically uh, black people. Anything that that affects black people, they there is a a lack of compassion, a yep. lack of compassion, and and being complicit in in, in that whole system. Mm-hmm. You know. Now the story's not even over yet, so there's more to this still. Crazy. So I'm about to play you a clip. Um, of Bill Handel, he has he's a conservative um, talk show radio host, and listen to what he says about Frederica Wilson. So, um, just listen. Was a Democratic congresswoman, by the way, the same congresswoman who didn't refuse to attend Trump's oh, yeah, inauguration. No, no, no. She said, oh, she, "Look, she overheard that conversation, and she got, oh, this is great. I will score political points by picking, going on MSNBC, and becoming somebody." That bill is disgusting. Yeah, it's totally disgusting. Uh, and I, I'm far more upset with her because that is a cheap. What in the affectation. world? I, it's just she's a cheap, sleazy, uh, Democrat whore, is what she is. Okay. Oh Whoa. no! Excuse me. I'm being too generous to her. Uh, I would say she's a sleazy politician. But yeah, uh, it, I mean, oh, I would add the word whore. Uh, uh, There's uh, a few uh, other words uh, I can throw uh, in there, but I want to stay working here. <laughs> so, after we listen to that clip, I mean, what he calls her a democratic whore? Like it, after, and this is, and I believe, um, this is after Maisha Johnson said that everything she said was true. Mm. So I, I, it's I'm just like, like one of these things that like, wow. so you're even, you're even downplaying, you're even t- saying that Maisha Johnson, the widow is a liar now. Right. I mean, cause he, to, I guess to their defense, they said they meant to call her a media whore. Mm. No. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know if he meant to, he's a radio, he's a radio host. If right. he meant to call her a media whore, he would have called See, her what a is, he, Words mean things and, and, exactly. and what, and what is in a person will eventually come out. Exactly. And so this goes back again, what, what I said earlier. What, what, what are black women called? Whores, promiscuous, uh, sluts, you know, over sexualizing us, you know, we're, 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 we're again, dehumanizing, not, not, um, and reducing us down to, to, to our sexuality, reducing us down to, um, a, a, a name that is, that, that would be considered, sl- you know, slut shaming, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this for me was so appalling to find another black woman, um, being publicly, <laughs> you know, um, disrespected 
And this by is by the highest office. By the highest so office. So my thing is, I, I'm, I, I'm sure she's been a, she's been in Congress for a while. I'm mm-hmm. sure she's been attacked because her reputation in Congress mm-hmm. is a no punt, no, no whole bollard exactly. type of woman. Right. So I'm sure she's been in plenty of confrontation. Mm-hmm. But for the commander and chief president of the United States to get his lackeys to do this, mm-hmm. that is appalling. Exactly. No, I mean, I. I, I can't stand uh, W. Um, Bush. He, <laughs> w. Do, he had so much more class than Trump. Mm-hmm. Just so much. See, W, he he at least knew how to act. Right. You know, he, he wasn't the smartest. He, you know, he wasn't even the though smartest. He, yeah, extre- even though he was extremely problematic, too. But he's. Yeah. But he, he at least knew how to he act. He looks like a cupcake compared to Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A cupcake. <laughs> he at least knew how to act and treat people, which is which is a shame that he said that. Yeah, like I don't, I never thought I would be like complimenting <laughs> right? Exactly. Because I thought he was the worst president we'll ever have. But uh, but this, this one takes the cake. He's not even done yet. But and then <laughs> but, she, and, but then this goes back because there's a, also um a a, a a Huffington Post article that says uh, in Black Voices that says. From me too to who to who me? Where are white women allies when a black woman is called a whore? I thought this was extremely, you know, um, interesting. And, and, we're, and, and, we're Senator Feinstein, <laughs> we're, or Nancy Pelosi. Where are y'all at? <laughs> this period, you know, all these white women talking about yeah, yeah, you know, feminism. We got to fight against misogyny. But then when something happens of this nature. Of a black woman being called a whore, where are the white feminists? Crickets. They're crickets, silent, and but they want us to participate in Me Too, and, and you know they're quick to because it because it affects directly affects them. But the second something happens to a black woman, they are quiet. They're silent, and this is why a lot of black women don't subscribe. Uh, uh, to 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 uh white feminism for me i personally consider myself a womanist i will never you know um consider myself a feminist because i look at feminism as a white woman's um uh well i would say I, it's a it's a white middle class woman uh, struggle because they leave out the oh, the poor white women too yeah, but but even the poor white ones who who may you know oh white, yeah they're they, better they do more for them than they do for black ex- thank you <laughs> thank you so at the end of the day white still is gonna is gonna protect white so at the end of the day my my thing is is that my feminism is intersectional so I identify I believe in in, in I, I consider myself a woman is simply because. I, as an African-American woman, deal with racism and sexism. So my feminism is intersectional. And the only thing that seems to address that for me is womanism. So I literally reject feminism because, because white women's definition of feminism doesn't include me. It doesn't include my, my black and brown and Asian sisters who have to deal with racism. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really extremely like irritated with 
these so-called white women allies who when things happen to black women where are they how many of them spoke up for Maisha Johnson <laughs> how many know. how many spoke up for Maisha Johnson yeah. how many started a, a hashtag in support of Frederica Wilson how many started a hashtag that they they could you know and they even hijacked the me too uh <laughs> hashtag that's that was started by a black woman Mm-hmm. You know, you hijack our movements, but don't include us. That's my thing. How are you going to hijack a, people's movements? And you know you have been hijacking people's movements for for years. Everybody hijack our movement. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> I ain't even go there. I ain't it, even going to get into that. But, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And, but then don't include us. That, that's what, how you <laughs> that's, gonna, a, that's a whole other subject. Another subject for how you, again, intersectionality. How you how you gonna hijack our movements and then you do not include black folks? You know, I, I'm not even gonna go on that rant. To, uh, you know, exactly. <laughs> so that, that's a whole other that's another subject for another podcast. Exactly, and that leads us to our last um our last story about um Tamika Mallory. So this brings us to our next story. And according to the Huffington Post Black Voices section, um, Tamika Maori, who's an activist with the Women's March movement, um, was the victim of white male aggression. She was unfairly kicked off an American Airlines flight over a seating dispute. According to the activist, she spoke with a gate agent who was nasty and disrespectful about an issue with her seat assignment. During the exchange, Mallory said the pilot of the flight came over to scold her publicly, now publicly scold her behavior, and told her that she was going to get a one-way ticket off this plane. After Mallory eventually boarded the flight, she said the pilot made an announcement asking her to come to the front of the plane. He then allegedly pointed towards her and said, her, off. It definitely was white male aggression. I was singled out. I was disrespected and he was trying to intimidate me. It definitely was white male aggression. I was singled out. I was disrespected and he was trying to intimidate me. Mallory told the New York Daily News, I was discriminated against. No one on the flight crew gave Mallory an explanation for why she was removed from the flight. Despite her asking numerous times, Mallory later tweeted about the incident, writing that no matter how hard black women fight, white men are allowed to treat us like shit. This is the exact words that she put. She also said, only, the only reason this pilot got involved was to assert his white male power over who he thought was just some uppity black girl. That's it. American Airlines has since issued a statement addressing Mallory's treatment. Our team does not tolerate discrimination of any kind. A representative of the airlines, uh, American Airlines said, we take these allegations seriously and we are in the process of reaching out to our colleagues in Miami, as well as Ms. Mallory to obtain additional information on what transpired during the boarding process. This is another example of white people doing the most. 
That's what I call most. it. The absolute most. Because the situation sounded like it was already settled. Right. Like they had their, she had her little dispute with the flight attendant uh-huh. because they switched her seat. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably would have gotten mad they switched the seat that I paid for too. Mm-hmm. You know, but it seemed like it was over. She goes to her seat because if it wasn't over between her and the flight attendant, the flight attendant just wouldn't let her on that exactly. plane. Exactly. So it was over already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she goes to her seat and she was with somebody else at the time. Yeah. Too. A black, a, a black man. Uh, I, I, I can't remember his exact name, but it was, she's, he's one of her colleagues that, um, uh, another fellow activist, mm-hmm. but they also kicked him off and he had nothing to do with it. Guilty I'm by just, association. I'm just like, are you serious right now? It's just like, did you really just like, not only kick her off, but you kicked him off as well when he had, he didn't even have an exchange, you know? So it goes back to white people doing the most, wanting to show you, look how big and powerful I, I am. And, and I have the privilege and the power and the jurisdiction and the, and the, and the authority to, to, te- to kick you off of this, 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 this flight, to kick you off of, of this, uh, uh you know, I have the power to do that. And the crazy thing about this, uh, to me, um, is not, is not within the story itself, is when I was researching this a little bit, mm-hmm. just finding the clips of it. Me, by me finding the clips of it, I didn't use Mallory's name at first. Mm-hmm. I thought I could just type in, you know, activists get kicked off American Airlines. Mm-hmm. When I type, when I was search, searching, there is so many people yeah. of color that's been disrespected by so many airlines. Yes. Like, it was so many videos, like, it was, I was, I was so shocked, like, that this happens regularly. I, yeah, mm-hmm. regularly. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I've just been living in a different world when it comes to flying on planes. I, I didn't know it happened like that, but uh, it does. One of the, 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 um, I remember not too long ago, maybe a year or two ago, uh, Reverend Dr. Uh, William Barber, the, mm-hmm. um, pastor who's over, uh, the minister, the pastor, Reverend who's over the poor people's campaign, um, and, and the Moral Monday movement. He, was was harassed on the airlines um a few uh, about a year or two ago i remember that story that came out so and and then then the funny part about it they be messing with the wrong people do you know the people that you sit up here uh uh uh, harassing and 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 and, and, and you you like she literally when she was coming off of the plane she said you don't know who you're messing with. I'm the I am the chairperson of the um of the women's movement march. She said after he said after she said that, then he wanted to say let's let's talk because he knew he messed up then. <laughs> he knew he messed up then. So what it is is a situation where one of the things I'm glad that she used that leverage, you know, because mm-hmm. you want to search your power. I'm going to show you how much power I have too. Yeah. So because now you're now you just made your whole entire airline look crazy set set them up for a possible lawsuit on top of that you just people are like going on social media and and telling people to boycott your airlines so you're about to lose money and you're about you know you're about to lose money that that brings me up to another subject within the subject Mm -hmm. like that's what i think that we need to start doing as like activists like you know 
Uh, it's it's called cool to go marching. I mean, my wife and I we do it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we march, yeah. we protest. But boy, it's something about boycott. Yeah, something about in those pockets. Because you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, the businesses are what own what runs everything. Exactly. And shoot, just look at the the our cabinets, our our cabinet that the forty five picked out mm-hmm. all ceos of some type of corporation mm-hmm. or married to one or something right you know mm-hmm. we need to start using our purchasing power we need to start going back to those roots mm-hmm. of ex- you know exploring the economic portion of this right you know people of color we have a lot of economic uh, a lot of economic value. Yes. Black people yes. alone have billions. Yes. So if you if we could get Latinos, Asians, Middle Eastern, everybody involved to just stop giving our money out to these corporations mm-hmm. that treat us like crap. Yes. That's when we'll get change. Right. We won't get change until we start hurting them pockets and mass. It's called it, and sticking together as people yes. of color because yes. if they call for you. In the daytime, they're gonna to come to for me at night. Exactly. So at the end of the at the end of the day, it's we're, we should be all in this together. You know, black women, black men, uh, other black people. Uh, I mean, black people, but people of color. You know, uh, and our white female. allies. It, yeah, exactly, exactly. But you, but you know, a lot of them need to be vet too because everybody's not gonna be vet. And I say that I, I say this simply because everybody who who thinks they're ally, you know me, you know this from personal oh, yeah. experience. Everybody who thinks they're ally really aren't an ally. I'm just I'm more <laughs> talking about just when I mean our white allies. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about like. Mm-hmm. Like organization wise, just do the boycott. Just right. don't buy from these right. particular companies right. that uh you know don't treat people of color, mm-hmm. particularly women of color, particularly mm-hmm. black women black of women. color mm-hmm. fairly. Exactly. And like and with humane. It's not like people are asking for no special treatment. Right. People are just asking to be treated like, like humans. Like humans. Be know? treated like you want to be treated. Exactly. The, golden, the golden rule that your religion revolves around <laughs> we we're not even well, gonna get into the religion i know i'm just saying <laughs> half of these the same people that do all this crazy racist stuff is the, the same ones that told the bible mm, hello usually you know i'm not gonna say all that <laughs> I, you know i'm not gonna put like you know I know. everybody on the platter like that right? but a lot of these people that say these things the black women people mm-hmm. of color they also call themselves christian right and, but don't live by the golden rule. The most important one in the mo- I don't know if it's the most important, but at least I would think is one of the most important rules in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Treat others like the way you want to be treated. Treat your neighbor good. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I, well, I can. Well, it goes to you know, as as me as a you, you know, for those who are uh, listen our listeners, I am a, a ordained uh, pastor. Um, I am an ordained minister in uh, a predominantly white. Um, denomination and i have experienced myself um <laughs> racism and, and and microaggressions um so the same people and, and i have served um a majority white church before and um and as a person who has served in these white institutions um uh, i can definitely tell you that you're that racism is real in the christian church i have experienced some some uh 
some some <laughs> some of the worst type of mistreatment. And don't get me wrong, there is is the black church itself has its issues. But I can definitely tell you that white people in white uh churches and you are you are serving as their black pastor, they're always going to try to put you in your place. They're always going to try to tell you, let you know exactly who really has holds the power. They're always going to try to show you that as much as they think they're, they, oh, I want to engage diversity and I would love for us to have a multicultural church. But when you, if you, when you really go to those institutions, you'll see there are no really any black people at the table that's making decisions. There's really no, there's no black people, um, there, there's no black people there, um, who, who has any power usually. So it's, it's nothing more in those institutions. This is why I'm really leery about calling every about a body an ally because they are the same ones in those institutions, those Christian institutions that want to tell, Oh, I'm a, I'm an ally. I, I, you know, they, they think they're ally, but they are engaging in white supremacy. Yeah, their actions don't show. Exactly. So. At the end of the day, it's about our actions. It's about our actions. Our mouth could say whatever. I'm not saying that our mouths don't have consequences. Right. Not saying that. Mm -hmm. But I think our actions has even far more reaching consequences. Exactly. Exactly. Like you could, you could, to me, you could be, you could say to have the most potty mouth say some, some problematic stuff. But if you, if all your actions Mm -hmm. are very grand, actions and right. all you do is help people i might give you some leeway mm-hmm. on, a, on a few things mm-hmm. but that's not, that's not what we're seeing though no not we're, we're seeing the opposite we're seeing people having all these grandiose ideas verbally coming out their mouths mm-hmm. and how inclusive they are right but the actions <laughs> don't show that right exactly mm. You're, you you cannot be inclusive when you don't have people of color at the table you can't be inc- inclusive when you don't even listen to the voices or you're dismissive of the voices of of specifically black people and black people and especially black women when you're dismissive of black of the voices of black women you cannot be uh, uh, inclusive if you do not have the most marginalized people at the table. So that means black people. That means queer people. That means people who come from, um, uh, who are people of color, people who are and poor social economics. So you cannot say you're inclusive. So I'm going to say this publicly. White churches, the, the ones who claim that they're so progressive, you guys need to wake up. You are not as progressive as you think that you are. And if you do not have people of color at the table making decisions, if you, if your, if your, um, worship services are, are, um, still center whiteness, if you still got a picture of white Jesus <laughs> posted up in your, in, in, which is if you really know the historical Jesus, Jesus could not be white, but we're not even going to go there. But if you still have a picture of white Jesus in your church, if you still, um, if majority of the people who are doing the physical labor at your Jesus churches, like Brad Pitt, right? <laughs> Jesus look like Brad Pitt, <laughs> exactly. Or Russell Crowe, <laughs> Mel Gibson, right? Exactly. 
if, 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 if at the end of the day, the people who are doing the most physical work, labor, like, like, um, maybe office things doing it, they do in the office or the, you know, just the, all the physical work are people of color. But then the people who are making all the decisions are white folks. Then you are not as inclusive as you want, you think that you are. So I am so tired of these white Christians thinking that, oh, we should all be one. Oh, it's about unity. But then you ain't, but then when you get in your religious institutions, you are engaging in white supremacy. You are exercising your white privilege. You are exercising your white power. And you have no problem with doing that. And I think, and when, and I'm just going to be real honest with you. When people, when I see that, I don't think Christ lives in those places. Oh, boycott them too. Boycott them too. Yeah, so I'm going back to the yes, boycott. Boycott. Let's go back to boycotting. Black folks, people of color, if you are in white churches, white institutions, and those white institutions don't have black people or people of color at the table, making decisions if those white people if those white churches that you're attending will not even address in the pulpit on a regular basis the social justice issues that are going on in this world boycott those churches don't even don't put your don't put your money there don't put your time there and don't put your talents there. Boycott those white institutions because all they want is to have a couple of black faces there to say, oh, look at me. Look how diverse we are. Boy, it makes me think like going back, just thinking about boycotting just in general. Like, so back in the 1950s, when they were boycotting. Mm-hmm. I would say that ever, ever. Maybe African Americans as a whole, I don't know, we owned as much wealth back then as a whole mm-hmm. out of the slices of the pie as we might have now. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I'm bringing that up, boy, is like we we have we have a quite a bit of money amongst us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, exactly. And to add everybody else, all the other people of color mm-hmm. and other allies, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money. Exactly. We could shape how we want this world to treat us. Mm-hmm. And how they how we want to treat our kids through our money. Exactly. Everything else is achieved through money. Why not get our rights through money? Exactly. And really, really start thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could we could march and protest down the streets all day, but sometimes it seems like these people are getting used to it. And oh they, yeah. And they, and they just don't give a damn. They dismiss it. They dismiss it, and then we start rioting, and it just destroys the whole narrative. Mm-hmm. So. The, the, the control the narrative, you, how you gonna get mad if I don't wanna spend money on you? Yeah. It's now, if you get mad off of that, that exposes all your truths. Mm-hmm. So you, mm-hmm. so we start boycotting and these companies are talking trash about our boycott mm-hmm. because they're losing billions. Mm-hmm. Which we should, which we already started with the NFL. Right. Need to second Papa John's and mm-hmm. I'll explain that on another podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, Papa John's <laughs> with your little yeah. nasty pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that, I like that garlic sauce, but that's about it. <laughs> and we don't even know that ain't real garlic. Right, exactly. <laughs> Those are typical look, look, you, I'll go in there and spend 50 cents on the garlic sauce and buy somebody else's pizza. Yeah. <laughs> but if you go go there, Papa John's, yeah. you and your little nasty pizza. But anyway, <laughs> hold on, what's the plies? You know the rapper plies. He said they, t- he called it medicine sauce. That's what it tastes like. I <laughs> said the reason why people ain't buying that pizza is because it tastes like medicine sauce. <laughs> it's not good. 
It's not. It's not. 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 Papa John's is okay. Papa John's, when I was in undergrad, we would get Papa John's because it was the cheap pizza. And we would, we, you know, we was, we was college student. It wasn't fine. You know, it wasn't good. You know, at the end of the day, it was just like, (laughs) it was something to fill us up when the cafeteria was closed after hours, you know, and one of the few places, places that were delivered to, to, uh, to us on campus. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Papa John's, please, especially the CEO of Papa John's, honey, don't get too big for your britches because you need to be humble because that pizza is nasty. That's why people ain't Find your little nasty raggedy pizza and have your little stink face on the box. Right, exactly. But yeah, but boycotting. <laughs> we need to really, really, mm-hmm. as activists, as mm-hmm. people, yep. really started taking that approach. Yep. Probably more so than a marching approach. Exactly. Because people, we have social media. We mm-hmm. the, the marches worked really well in the past because they didn't have social media. Right. So it was so in your face. Now. Mm-hmm. I, I can march on your phone. Right. You know, as long right. as I'm friends with you. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and we're so intertwined, but not at the same time. But anyway, but boycotting, since we just have such, we a lot of us just, we're just kind of better off a little bit financially. Mm-hmm. Maybe not wealth-wise, mm-hmm. but we might, that's our spending habits in right. general. Right. I would say that. Mm-hmm. We may have, I don't know if we have more wealth or not um, from the past as mm-hmm. um, black folks, but our spending habits, mm-hmm. we spend money. Mm-hmm. We need to control how we spend. Right. And I know it's going to hurt. It's mm-hmm. going gonna, gonna to suck. Mm-hmm. Like boycotting. Because right. some, it's just like some of these companies that need to boycott. It's just like, how do you even go mm-hmm. a day without like buying a product? So mm-hmm. It's just like, right. you know, like where we live, we live in Seattle area. Uh, and it costs so much money for food here. It's just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the cheapest places to go is Walmart. Mm-hmm. But they're one of the companies that need to be boycotted the most. <laughs> right, exactly. So, Especially by the way they treat their um, employees. employees. They treat their employees like crap. Exactly. And so at, all, at the end of the day, it boils down to us, you need to we sacrifice. as we need to sacrifice but we need to also boycott these institutions mm-hmm. these uh when i say institutions that means whether it's an it's a company uh, a for-profit company these organizations these churches yep not-for-profits <laughs> yep uh-huh these religious institutions who claim they want black folks or people of color at the table but they but they only want us for 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 picture purposes that's what i call it you know for optics just the way to, to for, for for to you know to say oh look how diverse we are so we can get your 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 tithe money mm-hmm. so we need to boycott Every aspect of these institutions that do not value us, who do not value people. And you know, we are uh, uh, people of color, period. So my thing is this, and don't get me wrong, we're going to have a, a couple of them, you know, who are going to play the game. You are know, they always going to play the game. The, uh, I'm not even going to go there, but you know, we're going to have a couple of them that's you know, going to play the they game. Love, they always, they love the black culture, but. Don't like the people. Don't like the people. (laughs) But then we also got the black folks who who see this happening. Then they're going to be silent. You know what I mean? So make money off. Or make or make money off of it. There's a lot of. I'm not going to say there's a lot, but there's some of those. There's some of us that are those. Yeah. That will sell each other out. That will sell each other out to 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 to, make profit. To make profit. 
um, or, or, or to, to gain some kind of, uh, position in life. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and trust me, and I'm going to publicly say this too, black folks who do that, I don't rock with you either. So. (laughs) Exactly. You just as bad. You just as bad. As the oppressor. Yeah. You, you the oppressor. What what was back in slavery? The, uh, the overseer. Overseer. (laughs) You, you might as well be the overseer, boo boo. And so I'm not even going to go there, but, uh, you know, I'm be nice because, uh, that's a podcast for a whole nother day because I do have some people I probably would not not name it now I ain't gonna put out names but I'll probably talk about situations <laughs> but I ain't gonna go there but you know there are people out here you know who at the end of the day we need to make we need to hold them accountable we need to hold these places these institutions accountable for the way they have systematically shut out black folks specifically in this particular situations that we just got through talking about uh, the mistreatment of black women and we have to just at the end of the day we have to stand for black women that's the that's the point of our podcast today is to say stand if you consider yourself somebody that is um who advocates for all all people who advocates for those who are the most marginalized. You cannot go through this life calling yourself an activist, an ally without standing for those who are the most marginalized. And right now in this country, those who are most marginalized are black women. But don't even add the fact if they are black queer women on top of it, you know, or black trans women, you know, just period. So at the end of the day, the people who are most marginalized here are black women, black women. It's uh, always been like that. Always. Since since this country conception. So we need to learn how to stand for black women. I cannot even take you seriously as somebody who considers yourself an inclusive person or somebody who considers yourself an activist or somebody who considers yourself an ally if you do, if you go against black women. Your actions are going to speak louder than words. So I want, I, I really want to, to stress that we need to stand for our black woman, black women and black girls as well, because we're still silent on the fact that black girls are going missing. Mm-hmm. Like, like thousands, thousands all over the country, all over the country. But you, you barely see that on the major news networks, you know? So we I wonder need to there's, well, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's investigations, but I wonder how many investigations, like how seriously is this getting? They didn't into? even take the, we ain't even going to go into the Kanika Jenkins story in Chicago oh, because yeah. they didn't even take that seriously. The mother came up there and was like, look, my daughter is missing and they blew her off. They let her find this girl in the freezer and then the pictures came out. And the pictures show that she had her clothes tousled, her hair was matted, but then you're saying that, she, oh, she just freezed to death. That looks like there was some other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You know? Pictures, this is why pictures are being leaked. Pictures are being leaked of that, of that, those, those, that, that, um, crime, of that crime scene, let's call it what it is, that, that crime scene, simply because they are, that family is not being heard. They've already, Rosemont Police in Chicago, cause we're, you know, we're, Melvin and I are Chicagoans, so we are passionate about Chicago issues as well. But, um, you know, the simple fact that they did not take this girl's 
case seriously and they and they and they did not listen to the mother again goes back to the disrespect the 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 dismissal of black women and black women's voices so so i am just at this point in my life i am so tired so tired of us being treated as you know um less than human exactly from everyone we get it from all directions and so we need to learn how to stand for black women. You are not an ally. You are not an activist. You are not a theologian. You are not, um, I can name all these different titles people want to give themselves. You're not inclusive unless you advocate and take seriously the, um, the the, uh, the, plight. the plight of black women period so you know what we're just going to end right there because you know I can go in on this situation all day every day mm-hmm. but th- we'll, we'll continue this conversation because I think this needs to be an ongoing conversation regarding the uh, of, of people really taking the time to stand up for black women exactly. and the, the plight of black women so that will conclude our pod- podcast today so Again, thank you for listening and follow us on social media. Uh, our Twitter handle is pro millennials. So P R O millennials. And then also follow us on, um, Facebook at progressive millennials for action. And also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, subscribe, 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 um, and to keep up with our latest episodes. Our next episode is going to be, uh, uh, from we're we're in the idea stage, but I think this one's going to be a very powerful episode for our next one. So tune in, tune in to our next episode of progressive millennials podcast, and we'll see you later. All right. Peace. Peace. Progressive millennials for action, we got a passion We still screaming black lives matter and ain't no stopping See, power to the people resisting all of the hatred We sending a message from the millennial generation We fight for the suffering and people without a voice It's in our heart to do it, I promise it's not a choice We talking politics and the culture is so amazing So why you hesitating, come and join the conversation for real Progressive millennials for action Progressive millennials for action. Yeah.